Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. You see, our being chosen in God is not to the exclusion of others. Rather, we are chosen to the inclusion of others around us. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So, we celebrate God today. Amen. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. So, let's go this morning in the scriptures to John chapter 8. I want to speak to us this morning on the light of the world. The light of the world. Richard Legeman, it's good to see you back, my friend. Amen. Pastor Joe, Erba, welcome. It's good to have you guys share with us this morning. God bless you real good. John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus makes a declaration. He says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Pay close attention to the words of Jesus. He did not say, I'm the light of the church. But he says to us, I'm the light of the world. We see from that passage and many more passages in the scripture that God has an agenda. That agenda is beyond the church and it is definitely beyond North America. Because in the very opening verse of the entire scriptures, God came out of the closet in letting us know what his agenda is. The Bible says to us, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the United States. Are you certain? In the beginning, God made the heavens and my village. (laughs) Of course not. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so in so doing, by making that declaration, the very first verse of the entire scriptures, we see God's agenda. His agenda, ladies and gentlemen, is not for just North America or Australia or South or Latin America. No. God's agenda is global. And as we rightly said over the week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, as we begin to talk about our identity, knowing as we are known, and we recognize and realize that we'll be made and created in God's image and likeness, I'm saying to you this morning, if God has a global mindset, then if you are a child of God, you should be no less. You guys are not, you guys, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys are hearing it. Yes. Our God is a globally minded God. Yes. Therefore, as a believer, I cannot limit myself to just where I am. As a businessman, I'm thinking too small if I'm only looking in the market where I am now. Yes, sir. Because God is not limited by physical location. 
He's a global God with a global mindset and with a global global agenda. So Jesus comes and says, I am the light of the world. So we are not shocked or surprised in John 3, 16 when the Bible says, for God so loved the church that they gave, oh really, you cut that? No, it's not just his church. He loved the world. And because he loves the world, he gave his only begotten son. What would you say this morning if I'm to tell you that part of the world that God loves has never heard of him? How do you respond to that? To the fact that part of the world that God created for his own pleasure and goodness has never once heard of the name Jesus. And the Bible says in Matthew 24, 14 that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then the end shall come. Let me get back to my text, John 8 again. I am the light of the world, Jesus says. And he goes on to say that whosoever follows him shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now in John chapter 9, verse 5, it defines that. Look at what it says. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So this John 9 qualifies John chapter 8. Please put on your thinking cap this morning. So in John 8, when he tells you I'm the light of the world, it comes further in the next chapter and defines or qualifies what he means by that. He's saying as long as I'm here physically, I'm the light of the world. By implication, if and when it's no longer physically there, is he still the light of the world? Yes. <laughs> I hear a split decision. I hear some scholars says yes, and other scholars says no. Ah, you should have been in the life group this morning <laughs> or last week. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. But I'm no longer in the world. It's no longer in the world. Therefore, there's still light in the world, it's just not Jesus. It is important we understand this because if we don't understand this, we don't know who we are. The reason this is important for us to get this and understand this is the same reason for which when someone gets sick, you are praying to God to heal them. And God said, I already healed them. You enforce what I've done. And you go through all the New Testament. You will never find a place where they pray for God to heal anybody. They just simply used the authority they've been given and commanded healing to take place. The problem with the church is we don't know who we are and we are constantly passing the buck. 
So when the world is in darkness, groped in steep darkness, and we are looking for illumination and light, we are looking for Jesus to come and give the light. But Jesus said to us in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. You want to know your identity? You want to know who you are? He being the source and the giver of light on the day you were born again ignited you and lit the fire of God in you. And from that moment he steps back and he says you have now become my replacement on the earth. I've done my job. I've finished the work. I've gone back to glory. Now you become my representation and my representatives. You are now my ambassadors. I'm commissioning you. You are the light of the world. Huge. So we are not the source of the light. Of course we are not. We receive the source from him. But I'm saying to you that he has so pleased him to give us, to empower us to fully represent him. And as long as you're looking for Jesus to be the light of the world, you will never function. You won't function. How would you write what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14? Where it says that the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit of God. For their foolishness, the Bible says to him. So the natural man cannot see Jesus. Everything you're reading, all the scriptures you are quoting are nothing but grammar to them. They can't comprehend it. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. How can a spiritually dead person discern spiritual things? So you're spending time arguing, debating scriptures with an unbeliever. Don't you recognize you're wasting your time? You should be praying and living and allow your light to show shine forth before men that they see your good works that they can glorify your father which is in heaven. Wow. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, we are the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 through 16. Let's read it. Matthew 5 verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Listen, the reason we are where we are right now in the United States, don't blame the congressman. Don't blame the congresswoman. Don't blame the government. No, they are not the problem. The church has been the problem. We have not been the city that is set on the hill that cannot be hidden. That's the problem. You can't blame no government. God has not given it up to governments to shape the morality of its people. 
We are passing the buck. We are not becoming responsible for the situation that we are in. And until we own the situation and become responsible for it, we cannot give you the solution. Because we will be passing the buck for the solution again to the government. Who made the government? Who voted for all of those guys that are in right now? Is it not you? You went to the ballot. You didn't think about God. You thought about your sentiments, your natural situation, and your personal vote. You didn't ask God, who do you want? You're going by your emotions on CNN and Fox News. And then when, it th- when everything breaks apart, say, God, help us. Really? You are the light of the world. If our witness was shining forth, they would be afraid to do what they've done in this country. They'll be afraid. A city upon the hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. Isn't that foolish? When you want to light your house up, you get a lantern or a lamp and you light it and put it under the basket and you cover it up. That's what the church has done. Notice Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, not the light of the church. So we come to church, we shed light to each other, we are all blinded from shining forth on one another rather than shining light in darkness. Put on a basket, but on a lampstand, these people, Go back, please. Thank you very much. But on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Now, verse 16. Thank you. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, let me establish for us this morning God's twofold agenda. Very, very simple. God has a twofold agenda. Number one, He wants you to know Him. He wants you and I to know Him. Number two, and very simply, as a result of knowing Him, He wants you and I to make Him known. Yes. Folks, this is the bottom line for grace. We should not be touting grace, 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 grace and not become responsible. Recipients of grace. He wants me and you to know him. And from that point, he wants us to what? Make him known. Let me give us a few scriptures to establish that. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 10 and verse 12. Isaiah 43 verse 10 10 and verse 12. Thank you. But you are my witnesses, says the Lord. And my servant whom I have chosen, that you what? May know and believe me. And understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. End of story. He wants Israel to know him. He said, I've chosen you. But unfortunately, Israel, like the church today, thought they were chosen at the exclusion of everybody else. 
We are chosen not at the exclusion of everybody else, but rather at the inclusion of everybody. We are just the agents through which God wants to see his agenda throughout the whole earth. Look at verse 12. Verse 12. I have declared and saved. I have proclaimed. And there was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Twofold agenda. That's what the Father had. That's what Jesus did. That's what Paul did. And that was, that's what God is calling you and I to do. Go to Isaiah 49, verse 6. Let's look at Jesus. Isaiah 49, verse 6. Thank you. Indeed, he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the traps of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you may be, or rather you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Say after me, say, God has his eyes on the earth. Say, God has his eyes on the earth. Therefore, I should have my eyes on God's earth. Amen. Amen. Psalms 115 verse 16, the Bible says, The heavens, even the heavens, belong unto the Lord our God. Comma. He didn't go home to go and eat uh, meat pie. Comma. He says, and the earth he has given to the children of, 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 the, of man. So God upholds the heavens. But the earth, however, the custody of the earth is given to the children of men. Whatever we don't like that's going on on earth, it's not God's fault. Mm. Whether it's earthquakes, don't believe that lie that this is, they call it, uh, what do they call it, earthquake? Uh, global, warming. A global, uh, global warming, they call it uh, natural disaster, what else they call it? <laughs> act of God. Can you believe Act of what? Act of God. What a lie. That's a lie. Take an earthquake out of God. How ridiculous that can be? No. Whatever is happening on the earth, the Bible says God is giving it to us. Every failure on the earth is a church failure. If you don't believe me, go to Nigeria. They've not stopped praying for, since, since, since last year. They are still around the clock. Millions of people. And while they are praying, things are missing. And we're, we're blaming God. Brother Sean, I sent me a video clip last week. Powerful. Powerful. This man of God from, uh, I believe, Zambia. Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe was preaching at TDGX Church. Yes. Man, what a message. What a message. Simply talking about how, while the church is busy praying, places like South Korea, who received, hear this, independence on the same day as Ghana in 1957. The kind of progress they've made while in Africa we're still believing God for power. Electricity. Why? Because we pray and do not. We pray. 
but we do nothing. We just keep on praying. Any problem, just pray. This problem, let's pray. This problem, let's pray. How long would you pray for? When will you finish praying and start acting? When would you stop praying and let your light begin to shine? When? When? That's the African problem. We have professional prayers <laughs> who will do absolutely nothing. Sunday Adelaja in the Ukraine years ago they were believing God for land for the church to build so they could, because they were so large and they were meeting from hotel to hotel week after week after week after week. Sonny is a Nigerian. So he's been programmed with the Nigerian DNA. Sunday after Sunday, Friday after Friday, vigil, 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 God give us a land. Handa, 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 accord, 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 accord. Finally, God said to him, stop praying to me. The man told me the story himself. I didn't read it in the book. I didn't hear it on the tape. He told me. He said, God said, I am tired of you being a wimp. You don't know who you are. And you don't know what authority I've given you. You keep on praying and praying, making repetitious prayer of things I've already provided. Shut up and stop praying. Act. So he said, God, he said, he said I should ask, what, what, what action shall I take? God, now, God said, now you are praying the right prayer now. Amen. You see, that's our problem. We keep on asking God to come and do what he's already done. We want Jesus to be the light of the world. When he said, listen, I'm no longer in this earth. I'm no longer the light. I've given you everything I have. So you are my full, complete, perfected representation. You are my light. And so God told him, you guys hit the streets. March to the city hall. Have a civil disobedience. Let the whole city know that there are people here called the senior of God. And they hit the streets. Long story short, they were praying, hear this, they were praying to, to ask God to, to give them opportunity to buy land. By the time they started acting and doing what God told them to do, they gave them land. Prime property that they could never have earned enough money to pay for. That's the problem with many of us. Now, prayer is essential. So don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying to say I'm saying not to pray. No, absolutely you pray. But what kind of prayer are you praying? So God is telling Jesus, this is Jesus' job description. I have not brought you, Jesus, to just be a one that restores Israel. That is too small. That is too small a job description. I have also given you as a light to the Gentiles that it should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. We limit ourselves. I will never accept the doctrine or the limitation that I'm called just to Nigerians. Or just to Africa. Absolutely not. That would be an insult to the Holy God. Yes. If you are called by God, anointed by God, 
God will place a message in your mouth that should be able to bless mankind. Yes. Not just your kind. Mankind. Every kind. So Jesus' description was to bless the Jews and the Gentiles. The entire earth. Now, go with me to Matthew chapter 4. Let's see how Jesus responded to that we know him and make him known. Ah, let me, let me stay on Paul for a few minutes. Look at Romans 1.14. Romans 1.14. Look at what it says. Mm. I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to barbarians, to wise and to unwise. So, as much as it's in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Ah, what a life. Romans 13 verse 8. Romans 13 8. Romans 13 8. We should all know this by heart. Oh, no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Verse 10. Verse 10. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. That verse 8 is really my emphasis. Oh, no man nothing. Oh, no man nothing. I'm looking at all of you guys here. Many of you have two jobs. The one that don't have a second job is looking for one. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Because you want to owe no man nothing. You want to be able to pay MasterCard. Pay your mortgage off. Pay your car off. Good intention. But where would you be, my friends, if you paid your house off, paid your car off, don't owe MasterCard off, and then you get to heaven, God says you owe something. I'm telling us that we are paying attention on the wrong foolish things. Oh, no man, nothing. But love to one another. Your neighbor who needs to see your love. Have you loved them? You off to go and walk so you can come and pay a bill. But there's a person who needs to see the love of God. A person for which God has deposited in you love that must be given to them. You see, the thing about debt, in this case, oh, no man, nothing. What Paul is saying, listen, Paul becomes obligated both to God who gave him the grace and to the person who is waiting to receive the grace. Do you see the point? God who gave it made you a steward. And in your stewardship, you have to pay or give account both to who gave it to you and the person who is eagerly waiting, whose heart the spirit of God has prepared and they are just waiting to receive. So you owe God and you owe them. But you paid American Express. What an achievement! God! Ah! Let them blow, blow trumpet from me in heaven. I've paid my MasterCard. I've paid Wells Fargo my home mortgage. But I owe Cameroon. I owe Afghanistan. I owe Syria. I owe the nations. But I've paid my bills. How impressive is that to a God that made you the light of the world? Hello? We have a call to the nations. And God is not taking it back. No. 
Because for God so loved the world, it's not going to take that back. You can say how primitive they are. You can say how backward they are. You can complain that they are, they are not good people. Fine. Keep on complaining. God still loves them. And he still sent his son for them. Oh, no man, nothing. And so because of that, look at what Paul did. Romans 15. I'm almost done. Romans 15, verse 20. This great apostle is too much. I'm telling you. Romans 15, 20. Look at what it says. Based on the fact that he knows in Romans 1, 5, that his apostleship is the obedience of faith to the nations. Based on the fact that he knows that God has revealed his son in him so he can preach them to the nations. Look at now what he does in Romans 15, 20. He says, And so I've made it my aim to preach the gospel not where Christ is named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. <laughs> this man made it his aim and his goal. Not to go and preach where people are, where Christ is being preached already. Wow. The money we spend on TV in the America in the United States try to convince an unbeliever to become a believer. If you spend that money in some of other parts of the world, the whole nations will be born again. Wow. Wow. Waste of God's resources. Wow. Yes. We must be strategic. Paul said, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go preach where the gospel has already taken hold. No. Let me go and plow new grounds. Let me go and pioneer new places for God. Do you think like that? That's the reason we start going to Nepal. That's why we go to Burma. That's why we go to Thailand. I don't want to keep on sowing a seed where seed has been sown and sown and sown and sown and sown while some people are waiting and they have never heard. And we are all God has. Now, isn't that amazing? Listen. Maybe instead of just praying the prayers you will be praying, maybe you should start praying for God. Because I don't know how he's going to pull this off. If we are the ones he has, we are the only ones God has, he has no plan B, we are the light of the world, and this light has determined that we will not take this light out, how in the heck is he going to get the job done? Maybe God needs, needs prayer. Amen. So, let's now focus on the last few minutes on light. What is light intended to do? Number one, light is used for signal. I mean, uh, you know, I, I can't but put on my airport airplane head mindset when I, when I look through this. You know, for airplanes to land, you have what you call landing lights that guides them to the wrong way. So lights among other things, are used for signals. We just read about Zebulon in Matthew chapter 4, uh, in verses 14 through 16, and then again in Genesis 39, no, 49, when, when Jacob was blessing Zebulon. One of the unique things about Zebulon was it was, a, it was a city on the sea. 
And therefore, when sailors were sailing at night, the light that's coming out of that city in the midst of the ocean will be the guy that brings those ships to shore. So lights are used as signals, number one. Number two, about lights. It is used to guide Psalms 105, no, rather Psalms 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So the light that God is speaking of you and I of, number one, we are a sign, a signal to those around us. Number two, we are a guide the world's in darkness. They don't have any idea or clue of what to do. They're looking at us for direction. We're a signal, we're a guide. And number three, light are used to penetrate darkness. Oh, a good example of this is in John chapter 8 again. John chapter 8. Remember Jesus said, I'm the light of the world? In John 8, 12. But if you read the verses above that, very beautiful connection. John 8 is where they brought the woman caught in adultery. The world, whose heart is so dark, brought this woman and said, this woman is caught in the very act. Well, Jesus is the light of the world. The light in him shone through their deceit and darkness. And immediately knew that these guys are jokers. And the light in him penetrated through that and discerned the situation and was able to, to make the right call. So light is used for a signal. It's a guide. And number three, it penetrates darkness. Number four, light is used to prevent sin. In the contemporary world, it's amazing how you see stars lit up at night. You've, I've always wondered, Man, it's night. Nobody's out here. Why, why do they have all these lights out here? Because they don't know that light is a deterrent. No thief in his right mind is going to see light. This shiny, this bright, and go in there and break a window. Start trying to get the TV. They catch him. That's why most businesses have lights at night surrounding the place because they have because there's a sense in which light is a deterrent. It prevents sense. So what I'm saying to you is, you as the light of the world in your office, in the marketplace, at home, in politics, wherever you find yourself. They, you don't have to make noise. Don't, is it, this light, are they making noise? No, oh. They don't. Just turn your lights on. And while your lights are on, all your co-workers that's speaking nasty jokes, crazy jests, obscene stuff, once you show up, they shut up. Yes. They are just. Listen, my baba. My baba, from, from, I mean, I go to the baba shop, and those guys, I mean, you know the baba shop, is the, 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 the melting pot. I mean, everybody's, all kinds of things is going on. TV is on, music is loud. Once I enter, Abba, my baba is the owner of the store. She announces to everybody, pastor is here. No, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I didn't say, I've not said nothing. I just entered. <laughs> I said, this guy, you must answer the other call. <laughs> Immediately I enter the place. She announces to everybody, you can pass us here. End of story. What I'm saying to you is, you need to know who you are and what you are carrying. And you must place a demand on your environment based 
on what you are carrying. Let what you are carrying recreate the environment you desire. Lastly, light does not exist for its own glory. It does not exist for its own glory. It does not exist for... Let your light so shine before men. Why? That it may glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's never about you or me. So now let's just wrap this up as we go home. Let's wrap. So how do we function with this? We have two calls. We have a call locally. Right here, right now, where you are, there are things you and I can prayerfully get involved in to let our light shine. A couple of weeks ago I told you, be sensitive to the needs around you. You just heard it. The women's ministry is going to minister somewhere in a couple of weeks. They need some materials. Be sensitive. Participate. Let your light shine. Let the grace of God upon your life be a blessing to somebody else who is lacking right now. So be sensitive to this around you right now. Number two, be sensitive to those who are vulnerable. People that's going through something, they are vulnerable, they are weak right now. It's just for a moment. But be sensitive. Why? Because wherever you find a need, or whatever you find people that are vulnerable, Jesus is there. Yes. Jesus is there. He's there. Number three, locally, right now, be sensitive to your interruptions. God is interrupting your schedule or your agenda. Be sensitive. Before you curse that person out, be sensitive. Don't just yell and shout and blow the fuse. Think for a moment. Pause. Is God involved in this? How can my light shine in this matter? Correct. Be sensitive to the needs of those around you. Be sensitive and focus on the vulnerable. And be sensitive to the interruptions in your day. That's what we can do locally. But remember, we're not just called to a local situation. We're called for the world. So how can I get involved globally? Globally. How can I get involved globally? Number one, pray for the nations. Make that a point of duty. Not just when we're here together. No, no, no. You've missed it. Even in your prayer time at home, remember the nations. Pray that God's will be established in these nations on the earth. Take responsibility for what's happening in the nations. Secondly, give intentionally to missions. Do re mi la fa ti do. Man, I said give. I, I, I felt the anointing just... No, he didn't leave the room. The anointing didn't leave. I'm not, I'm not going to call those things that be not as good. <laughs> Intentionally, make it a point that in your household, you will be responsible for sponsoring, giving specific amount to nations. I don't have time to cover that right now, but there's a unique, special blessing that come to you as a result of that commitment. No, don't let the church do it for you. You make that decision on your own. I am going to be responsible. $5 a week, $10 a week, $20 a week, 
to sow intentionally so that those in the nations who have not heard will get a chance to hear. Amen. Amen. And then you can pray, you can give, and you definitely can go. And I want to thank all of you in this church who have been praying, who have been giving, and who have been going. And I'm saying to you, don't stop going. You don't have to be a preacher to go. Whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever you do where you are now, I'm telling you, you can be an encouragement to someone on the field when you go. Next year, we are doing Thailand in March. We are doing Anokachali, uh, you need to be on that trip. Thank you very much. I just signed you up. Praise God. We're doing Thailand in March. June, we're doing Nepal and Burma. October, we're doing uh, uh, Nigeria. And May, we're doing Ghana. We're doing Ghana. So, so, yeah. Uh, March, we're doing Thailand. June, we're doing Nepal and Burma. Uh, May, we're doing uh, Ghana. October, we're doing Nigeria. Yes. I'm going to put that on the, we're going to put that on the bulletin. Margaret Thatcher, please put that on the, on the bulletin so that they have it by next Sunday. You guys know who Margaret Thatcher is? Yes. Praise God. England is not the only one that has Margaret Thatcher. We have our own look at Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Did we get that? Yes. Folks, let's receive the heart of God. Can we just stand up to our feet now? Let's receive the heart of God. Let's receive the heart of God. I don't want us to be careless with the grace that God has given us. It's called us as a body to build strong families that will disciple the nations by exercising kingdom dominion everywhere. So, Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, I receive for your people your heart to come to know you first and foremost. And that in knowing you, we've been empowered as your ambassadors to make you known to our world. We accept full responsibility. We are no longer going to pass the buck. We are no longer, we're not, no, 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 no. We're, not going to, we're no longer going to say, no, it's God. It's, no, it's not God. It is us. You've made us to be your light in this world. We acknowledge you as our source who has lit us. And now, God, we give light to our world. Thank you that you are dealing with us now, locally, globally, that will make a decision, a determination, a commitment of how we'll be sensitive to those who are in need, those who are vulnerable, those whose times have been interrupted one way or the other, how we should pray for nations, how we should give for nations, and how we should go to the nations. We receive your mandate. We thank you that in obeying you, we'll find fulfillment. We'll find joy. We'll find peace. We'll find prosperity. As we go, you'll come into our situations and you'll, wrong, you'll right the wrong in every situation that concerns us. Thank you, Father, that your will is done. We honor, we bless you. In Jesus' name, anybody said? Amen. Thank you very much. Take your seat for a minute. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I just want to do something very, very special now. Do you guys remember Diola or Nofa Yes. Okay, that name is not that popular. Yeah. It's not uh, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. Diola, remember that guy? Yeah. 
No, no, no. Answer me properly now. Just, just the, only this side. How about you guys on this side? Are you guys so tired? Yes. Yes. Low energy. Uh, no, don't, don't let me go there. Don't let me go there. Dear Allah, on a falcon. He was here with us, oh, a couple of months ago. And ministered with us. And since that time, he has returned to Lagos, Nigeria. And he applied for a work visa to be able to return to the United States to be a music minister. And as of last week, that visa was granted. And so we get two for the price of one. Because he's coming with his wife, who I also understand leads praise and worship. Amen. Listen, God is setting us up for a serious breakout. So he's on his way here sometime next week to get here sometime maybe around November 10, 11th, there about. You know, this is the this point. There's a need. He cannot walk from Lagos to Atlanta. And we don't have a private jet to go and fetch him. So we need money to buy his ticket. I'm trusting God this money for $2,500. So I can call Diola this afternoon and say, Diola, your ticket is paid for. Pack your bags. Be on your way. How many of you will join me to say we want this grace upon this man's life to be released here on a permanent basis? So, I want to thank you for that. If you just bring the basket, ah, but up here. Come on, Talibu, my friend. Help me to bring this guy so that together we can build a team that will honor God, glorify God, and advance the purpose of the kingdom. Whatever you give right now will go exclusively, totally, completely towards his or their ticket. Amen? And so, Father, I thank you for the obedience of your people as you're speaking to them and guiding and leading them. Thank you for their obedience to so that they will no wise regret their honoring and obeying you. We multiply the seed sown back into their lives, into Dela and Stella's life. And we thank you, Father God, that in this house, we create a habitation of praise and of glory that will bless you and bless the nations in Jesus' name. And everybody said, thank you and salute. I'm hearing that we should make the checks payable to warm, not work fine. Now, if you've already done it, so what happens? It's all right. If you've done it already, that's fine. I'm sorry, that's directed from Margaret Thatcher. Kindred, special offering, one word, no separation. Okay, I understand that if you want to give through Kindred, you can just type in special offering, no, sir, Bishop, no space. See, all this late breaking news, I'm sorry, I'm not, uh, I'm not with Blizzard, I don't know how to do this. So, so, so do you get instruction? One more work fine is fine. If you're giving through kindred, special offering, one word, no space. God bless you. Thank you very much. Uh, pardon me? If you are giving through kindred, 